Hey, 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 you guys. We're so grateful to have Mr. Zach Alexander with us. He is a professional acoustic guitarist, singer, songwriter, and performer based in the Atlanta area. He frequently is compared to the likes of Jason Mraz, John Mayer, and even Jack Johnson. Um, the one thing I love about Zach is that he has a great way of with his musicality and being able to synthesize certain types of elements of music, which is with jazz, and he can even use pop music and other ways for him to connect with his fans. And I've become a fan recently, loving his new EP, which is called Paradise. And it's available on Spotify, Apple Music, and other stores. And I just love that he's out there creating new authentic music that people are going to be able to connect with. And very soon, he said he's going to be working on creating and recording some new type of music that will be related to more R&B infused an acoustic album um, in the fall. So I'm really grateful to have you, Zach, here, a part of Black Canvas. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I really appreciate uh, your your podcast and this entire endeavor to to give kind of local and regional artists and, and uh, people of various sort of vocational paths uh, a voice to talk about and practice being interviewed and, and to... Uh, to allow people to be exposed to our work uh, is, is a tremendous blessing. There aren't many people doing precisely what you do. And uh, I really appreciated being able to uh, talk and preface the conversation um, today, last night uh, on the phone and, and just sort of learn more about your journey as well. Um, I know we had, we had spoken for about an hour and it occurred to me that, huh, has any of this been recording? We, maybe we could just use this for today. <laughs> but the format was more me interviewing you in that sense. Um, so I guess we're swapping roles today, but it's very much a pleasure to be here. Um, I, I look forward to just engaging and talking about uh, my recent project. And we love, Zach, that you're here because when we talk about new artists and people starting in their careers, uh, I think that it, it goes without saying that it can be almost like giving birth. Like when you release music and you share things with others, it can be picked apart in many different ways. And so on Black Canvas, my whole goal is to help people to inspire them and to know that they're on the right page and to be here kind of like being almost that parent to kind of say, this is what I see. These are my experiences to give you that jolt of confidence that I know that many artists can struggle with in the beginning of their careers. And so when I listened to Paradise, especially listening to it last night, um, I really just felt like this is someone that is not only onto something that's going to be special but it was an authentic piece of music and I think that that is what our listeners love is authenticity especially from people I've spoken with so I'm just grateful like not only to have you here but for us to really talk more in depth at the end about your music for sure yeah yeah absolutely man um it's it's you you had mentioned I think earlier on um you had talked about in our conversation um, kind of extolling the bravery or sacrifice that is perceived by most people um, when they look at someone who's actually making a living, you know, playing out in restaurants and bars and venues as though it's some sort of like altruistic act, but it's very much just, I don't feel I can do anything else. You know, it's not um, all the, the kind of, all the, the kind of like, pleasant and complimentary language that people uh, have have toward artists that is that are that are in the process of kind of putting their career together um it kind of 
it almost gives, I almost feel like I'm getting too much credit when it just felt like something is almost nature taking its course in a sense without getting too, too spiritual about it or, or, uh, invoking religion. Um, but, um, yeah, if, if, if there's any like particular aspect of the EP you wanted to explore or talk about, um, which song sort of s- struck you the most as you, you listened, I, I know you mentioned you found on an Instagram ad, um, or one of my posts, you'd, you'd saw the, you'd saw my album artwork and you did what one in 70 people do, which is actually go listen to something, you know, that they see on Instagram and that's promoted on Spotify, which I really appreciated. What sort of stuck out to you about it? Well, I loved um, Paradise and Distance. Those were two that really stood out to me. And for Paradise, when I was actually doing like a lyric analysis in my head, like when I listen to songs, I really like to go in depth to the meaning of what the song might mean to me. And then talking to you now, I can definitely get more of an answer um, of what was going into your mind in creating that song. But in one of the lyrics, you said that we can leave our arms wide open for another one to take us to paradise. And that stood out to me because having experience uh, with losing family members that were really close to me and feeling like that connection is still there, but just in a different way. So their arms wide open is not me physically touching them, but just that they have given me love and support and those things I take with me and I use the arms they gave me to pay that forward to other people and do altruistic things and so that lyric to me just kind of reminded me of like the transition of life for some people and how I related to others for me oh wow wow that is so much more sophisticated than the the actual (laughs) process that went into to writing that lyric which was almost like a this kind of visceral open emotional channeling I actually still to this day don't know what it means you had mentioned, um, you had analogized the creative process to giving birth, which was really interesting. Um, cause it, it can feel like this in many ways that there's some people who are parents would kind of scoff at the idea and rightly so. But, um, when you give birth to a child, you, just because you are the point of origin biologically, just because the child came from you doesn't mean you define or even really know what the child is or means, you know, that would just be a weird thing to say. That would be an authoritarian kind of Mm-hmm. an imposing way to put it, uh, but no one would really ever put it that way. Um, but we do that with songs. Like it, you asking me what the song means, you're sort of uh, giving me the nod of of authority and what it means. I actually don't really know that I get the conclusive say, uh, which is a beauty that and, and a kind of surrender that I've liked um, because what it meant to you, I'd almost prefer your story. And I, I would almost like to pretend that that's what it means. Am I making sense? Absolutely. I think like that kind of goes back to even in concerts where there may be a lyric or a song or even a a specific artist who will maybe even change up a version. When we talk about stripped versions of songs, when we see that all the time on shows, Um, I remember MTV used to do stripped and they would have like different artists like Lauryn Hill was on one episode. I remember that one standing out to me. Um, that still sticks out in my mind or when Kurt Cobain was on and kind of did his music as well. And you just learn so much about just what it means to that person or what it means to maybe uh, five, 10 years down the line, it may have a different meaning to each individual based on their experiences. 
but yeah, listening to that, that took me to that place. Um, and like I said, maybe that's because I'm already in that headspace with having family members and people close to me um, who were always supportive. And just when I think of arms wide open, it just reminds me of like that there's always love there, there's always support. And when I think of paradise, that can mean a lot of different things for different people. Um, on a spiritual context, it can mean something for one person. And just paradise, just being in a centered position in your life and being centered and grounded can be therapeutically like a paradise for so many individuals. So yeah, for me, I really saw myself like, hey, this is like being on a beach or being somewhere away, but also being close to people who I respect and love and who kind of given me that support over the years. So that's where it took me for sure. Wow. Uh, yeah, I'm very glad it did that because with this EP, though, uh, I have to add, I wrote most of these songs six or seven years ago. Um, and and I, I'd sort of maybe not given up music for a while, but just wanted to finish my college studies and have the guitar. And, and well, I didn't really start singing until a lot more recently, but um, except to myself and periodically in, in concert uh, settings or just playing in a local um open mic or something like this, but I'd written the songs and they sort of just sat on the shelf and I had the time to think about what they were to mean. And all of a sudden, a lot of chaotic people who, who are close to me will, will know, you know, the specificity of it, but um, a lot of chaotic personal events transpired this past year. And I decided if nothing else, I just need to press record. I need to get this stuff recorded need to get it out and maybe it'll mean something to someone else. And I, I wanted the songs to be in paradise in particular to my great, um, you know, I was, I was very pleased at the way it, it felt like a world rather than a concrete message. It was a place to go. It wasn't a statement. It wasn't a finger wagging. Uh, here's how it is. Um, it, it just, I wanted it to be a kind of acoustic refuge to just decompress after whatever it may be work or, or something strenuous or just feeling like the walls are closing in um, not to be too dramatic but you put it on and you can finally let loose and just go into that world and so ideally you know as songwriters we can make songs that are lively worlds such that years later they're still generating new meanings for new people which is such a mysteriously beautiful property of songwriting that really makes me feel like I'm getting away with something that I get to do this, you know? I agree. And I mean, it just goes back to um, different music and like genres that are coming back. Like when we think of the sixties and seventies and how people are using those influences in music. Um, I love like even where pop music is going right now, because you're starting to see those influences like the Donna Summers, and just like the dual lupa, I believe it's her name, right? Is that I how you say it? it incorrectly. I don't. Y'all can correct me, you guys, if I'm incorrect. <laughs> but I just love her music. Her last name I always kind of mess it up. I hope I said it right, but I might have said it incorrectly. But I love when I think of like levitating when you hear that song, and then you hear um, other music. Like I go immediately to like the '70s or like the '60s, even like. Um, when I think of like Soul Train and different things, like I immediately go to that place. And that's where my really? mind went. Like when I heard like the chorus part of it and stuff, I'm like, oh, that kind of reminds me of like Solid Gold. Like I can just see people, with, you know, with the 
bell bottoms and just you know like the afro dancing you know i went immediately to that place with just a part of the song but like even with physical like hearing that song it just is a difference like it gives me 80s vibe and i love that about like where you can kind of use that as an infusion and it's still current but it's it's a relatable like adele's new song that just was released i mean i love adele an amazing singer but her voice just reminds me of so many different voices I've heard um, in the past. And I just love that about her, um, her career and that she can take a break and come back. And it's like, she's never left. Um, I, I, that's one thing I love about music. And when I listen, especially to your song distant, that really spoke to me. Paradise definitely did as well. But one of your lyrics, you said is when you are not there, it, it is hard to breathe. And I think that kind of goes back to, for many people, how do we find the the next step in our lives? How do we breathe? How do we actually persevere when we've gone through a lot of situations in our past? And I know breathing for me is, is actually living my true self and being able to assist others. That's breathing for me. Where for others, I mean, we're in a war right now with COVID and things going on where people really are struggling to breathe. Um, and it's just something of you know, that you know reminds me to be grateful. Absolutely, the again, much of this is retrospectively for me giving language to something that was completely intuitive and not. I never thought about any of this. I just wrote. Um, it was sort of like being in a lucid dream and kind of trying to match the excitement without breaking the trance, but also being responsible enough not to fall out of the trance you know you can sort of break the trance or fall out of it and that's sort of the 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 kind of state of consciousness that occupies that moment where you know you need to start writing and i actually wrote that song in high school um i wrote that which you know i don't don't want to date myself or maybe i should but um i'll hold off for now but i wrote that <laughs> my senior year of high school and and retrospectively the the reason why it, it stuck and why i recorded something uh because most of my stuff from high school is very clamorous and timely. It doesn't have any of that um, spirit that you were talking about with Adele. Not to say my work at the moment is is sort of at that caliber by any stretch of the imagination, but it, you know, like if you if you look at the root word of um, so so the word respire, for instance, or inspire, the the root word spirit is in there. Uh, so so like breathing you're re-spiriting there's something about breathing that's so central to your your spirit your vitality and this is i was trying to depict a moment in which you know unrequited love is like the concrete example that's sort of like the song is portrayed from the first person as like i know your love wouldn't happen to just anybody like not just anybody can walk up but you know i'm kind of vulnerable right now and i'm sort of extending the olive branch, but the, the metaphor can extend way beyond just, you know, romantic love in that sense. But it's when I'm out there, out in the distance, it's hard to see out here, out in the cold, it's hard to breathe. It's just when you can't see and, and seeing and being a sort of a metaphor for knowing, you neither know nor you nor do you have that kind of breath or life or essence. It's just kind of like the ultimate void. Um, and that's why I, I guess that that imagery spoke way more than the nerdy exposition I just gave, <laughs> which is why I'm not like paid to talk about it, um, I suppose. 
Not yet, Zach. Not yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I love that. I, I like our talk that we had yesterday. I think like it just shows you of who you are and how your life has shifted over the last couple of years. And like I would have never known that that was written in high school because it spoke to me as someone who's going through a lot of life changes and experiences and you have grown from it, but also that you still have that that effect of how can I move forward and actually like myself and using that liking part of myself to love myself. And uh, that's what I got from it. Like I said, distance to me doesn't have to mean a physical distance, but sometimes you're distancing your own from your own mind. Like sometimes we get so caught up in society standards or a lot of things that's going on around the world at this moment. And we lose sight of where we actually need to be, which is holding centered and finding ourselves um, through those experiences and and the interconnectedness that we, that we can work through. And that's why I love this podcast is I will be able to talk to a lot of people from different walks of life, different places. And we all have one thing in common is that we're all just trying to live our lives and, and live it out loud and experience things um, from our viewpoint and then be able to still have other people to look in and, and give their feedback and we can choose to receive it or we can choose to, you know, allow it to dissipate and, and put us in that negative frame of, of thinking. So I love that you said that because that's something I would have never have known. And that's great to know that how your songwriting and things have shifted over time. And we would love to, of course, when the, the new album comes out, we hope to see even more growth of where you are and, and the things you've experienced as far as live shows and, and life in general is going to really help to give a lot of you know, feedback that we, we can definitely learn from. Sure. When you say you expect more growth, uh, I'm, well, I'm currently enjoying the expectations being very low. Ah. Uh, <laughs> sometimes I walk out to, um, for, for those of you who are, who are listening and, and don't know me you know, personally or know too much about me, I, I make my living playing at essentially wineries and venues. And, and uh, even like I played my first fine dining engagement, like technically fine dining restaurant, um, which was essentially play everything you normally play, but way jazzier and way, way quieter, way less visceral. Someone had asked me, did you play your heart out last night? I was like, anything but uh, that would not have been, you know, in keeping with the atmosphere. <laughs> but um, yeah. And also, secondly, how much do you charge? I, uh, I would like to just take everything you just said and print it out. And if I'm ever lucky enough to be, you know, interviewed on a different medium, I'll, um, I'll just read off what you said. <laughs> we can we can negotiate or, or work that out maybe behind the scenes but we'll make uh, it work Zach you know yeah I, we'll I, make it work I, I, I give you a little cut but <laughs> but I think that's great Zach I love your oh. sense of humor as well I think that's something that you know a lot of musicians don't have and you would think like even like with comedians they put so much effort into their job that a lot of them that people don't know really struggle with depression and other issues or even sometimes substance abuse and I feel like as musicians, you, you normally only hear or see one side of them or whatever they need to portray. And that's what I love about, especially indie artists, independent artists, people just beginning in their careers, because you're so green to just the process. And just like you said, being able to perform in a lot of these venues that maybe you're not living your true authentic self in that respect, but that you still are able to get your voice out there. Because one thing you can't fake, even if it's not done in you know a, a way that maybe most people are expecting like you're still a living yourself and and being able to share how people can hear you and understand the process you're making in your in your journey in, in music and 
like you said, John Mayer is definitely someone I hear in your voice. From when I listen to the EP, I can see how you've had that reference. Um, and I think that that's great. Um, um, Mr. John Mayer. Who's that? Oh, oh, I don't think I've heard of him. <laughs> no, no. John- see, I, I used to get that comparison a lot. It didn't help that I listened to many, if not most of the same influences, you know, just it just so happens that I also love Ray Charles and Marvin Gaye and Stevie Ray Vaughan and Jimi Hendrix and John Coltrane and uh, these things that are just objectively good, Um, not objectively, but you know, they, they, they've Mm -hmm. spoken sufficiently uh, and and consistently enough Mm -hmm. to be, to be termed classics in the most meaningful sense of that term. And, you know, I'm just like a tall guy that plays acoustic guitar if you play well you say man you sound like john mayer that's what you get and if you play badly you're attempting to sound like john mayer which i guess you know you know you've done something in life speaking of him um that he's become that standard or that paragon um but yeah i I do appreciate the comparison now there's there's so much to respect about the indelible mark he's made on on you know the, the kind of thing that i'm trying to do um I'm so green that I just learned what the word green means um, in, in context. You know, I hadn't heard this term until like a couple weeks ago. I was working with uh, or, or trying to put together a duet situation for this woman that sings jazz. Uh, yeah, it was just funny. It, it's funny to, to, to get out into, um, you know, the live music performing world, doing that for a living and to discover all at once all these things about a life in the industry in a very concentrated quick way uh that i think most people you know most people would have discovered otherwise you know they're they're sort of their other jobs or vocations or walks of life um so there's a there's a fun kind of playful naivety to to the this this project which is very in keeping with i guess my personality um but yeah, man, I, I appreciate your your kind words, and that comparison is is definitely something I I can never run from, given the sound of my EP. So <laughs> forced to embrace it, right? <laughs> so I think like it's great, like for me, because we kind of talk about some musical influences and people we love, and I discussed, of course, Tori Kelly being someone who yes. I love, and I loved, of course, her album that she released. So EPs were amazing as well, but the album just spoke to me. And it helped me through some of the toughest moments in my life. Um, so I was able to listen to it when I was going through a lot of my own personal struggles. But is there an album, if you can choose one album to listen to on repeat for the remainder of your life, and this is the only album you can choose, what album would you actually choose? So out of all the questions that in an, ordinarily, in an ordinary human life someone gets, what do I want to do with my life? Who am I going to marry? these fundamental questions, how many kids would I like to have? This question is harder than those questions uh-huh. uh, for me. And, and I, I'm, I'm only being partly facetious. That's just so hard to imagine. Um, it may surprise you to learn that I would probably pick either the Brandenburg Concertos by Johann Sebastian Bach or, or something by John Coltrane, maybe a Love Supreme um, getting at his, his sort of the university, the universality of his view of, of, of God. It was very beautiful. Uh, but I, I love both of those records. Um, I'd really be okay with 
about 20 different ones. Maybe What's Going On by Marvin Gaye, though I've heard it hundreds of times all the way through. Um, you know, what's implicit in the question is that I'm stranded on an island somewhere, right? So I would never really need any kind of practical end for the music. It would just sort of be on repeat, right? I'm just trying to learn the rules. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, you're not making the rules as it goes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I like to ask that question every once in a while because I think it just makes you think outside of the box. And for me, I would have a hard time answering that question myself because I, I listen to different genres of music and I love different artists and their take. I use an example like a Lady Gaga, who many people, you know, when we start with her career being more dance, electronic music and how she shifted. And when we think of even like when she was in the movie with Brad, Bradley Cooper and just being a star is born and how she was able to really have an influence on my life because I had a friend who completed suicide. And so watching that lat toward the end of the movie, that scene, and then the music at the end, it was one of the hardest things for me. And I never thought I would be emotionally connected to a song um, like that. But it just, the movie itself and the music and just the way she sung it, um, it just really spoke to me. So I'm, for me, actually A Star is Born probably will be something at where I am today because that's still something fresh on my mind and it's stuff that you just never forget when you go through those experiences. And for us who are left, which is left with survivors, you know, remorse or guilt, it can be really difficult to move forward because, you know, that person's life was was stolen or taken away or, or in that moment they chose um, that decision, you know, based on what was going on in their lives. And so that was just something that that really stood out to me out of current music. But for me, I would probably go way back um, probably one of my favorite records is one of Kirk Franklin's like first records many, many, many years ago when he did like Rain Down On Me. Oh, yeah. And, um, this, the, this is the reason why we sing. And, you know, I remember that because that was something I grew up listening to in my pretty much my middle school to, and going into high school years. Um, so that's something that most people would know. Like, I love that record and used to play it all the time. But it just reminds me of just like, great memories with family and just you know a new genre of how music was was being portrayed based on traditional gospel going into something that was more almost secular based for some people but it was also something where people connected um and so for me that would be actually one from years ago that i really connected with but i love jim brickman and a lot of people don't know jim brickman um but he plays the he's a pianist and he actually did a lot of music over the years. And so when my grandpa passed away, um, I actually did a slide presentation um, after his, his death. Um, and I presented that for my high school, one of my classes. And I used Jim Brickman actually as um, when I was doing a slideshow, that was the music I played in the background. So Jim Brickman is actually someone who I've always admired after that because I would listen to that record pretty much nonstop for like a couple of months after he had passed. And so it really helped soothe me. And that was something I will I'll never forget. Um, just being able to hear his music and what he meant to me in that moment. So for me, I'm, I get emotionally connected to a lyric a lot of times, but to have someone who just pretty much played the music and it was no singing, you know, it was just all music. It just really inspired me. 
Yeah, I, I actually, we, we had, you briefly mentioned him last night when we were getting to know each other um, over the phone. And yeah, you'll have to send me some of the pieces that, that moved you in that way during that moment. I, I'd love to listen to some instrumental piano music. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I would definitely send that to you so you can hear it. I mean, it, it's just something that, it's something about a piano for me, like and just hearing those keys and just someone, their interpretation of what they experience. And when we talk about like Beethoven, I mean, there's many people out there that we can give a list that we've heard of the names. But I think like when you can do that and someone can be touched just by hearing that, it just, it sends you to a different place. And so for me, that was always, and even now I've, I've even followed Jim Brickman online and just, I reached out to him and sent him a message on how he really helped get me through some tough times and it was such a great moment I'm like even if he never reads it like for me just acknowledging what he did for me over 18 years ago you know it's just something that I will never forget and so I think like that's what I think your music is going to be able as exact to really do for people when when you really have that fan base and people start following and listening and I'm hoping all my listeners will go out there and really pick up the of course, EP Paradise and start really streaming that music um, because I feel like he has a message. And if you really listen intently to what he's saying, you can really understand and you can feel that. And so I, I really appreciate what you've done um, and what you will continue to do um, in the future for sure. Thank you. Was oh, that a no, conclusory no, no. note? I, I still got some okay. for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good, good, good. I'm really enjoying this conversation. Um, well, I appreciate thank you that. for giving such uh, charitable language to the EP. Uh, as I said before, it was the, the actual composition of the songs. It was a very, um, I don't want to say primal, but there was a very instinctive kind of intuitive approach. Like, you know, the song Paradise came together over the course of about two hours. I actually recorded all the parts that you're hearing, every vocal track, guitar solo, everything was done in 45 minutes. It was just first take, you know, it was just very, because um, in a sense, some people have different approaches. I noticed some people kind of throw as much as they can at the wall and see what will stick. For me, there's just this very definite kind of, like I described before, trance or, or um, a moment of, of lucidity that's almost scary but exciting and you you just capture from that without you capture as much as you can from that without being uh derivative or also you know enslaved to what you saw in a given moment it's it's very complicated to talk about but um i never really thought about what the songs mean as strange as that is to say um you you've given you know probably the most insightful language um i've heard of anyone who's listened to the EP. Um, but a compliment that I do, I do think I can speak for most musicians that is meaningful rather than just you're good, um, which is kind of implies that they were scanning you the whole time to see whether you were skilled or not is like a general that had very personal significance for me. Here's what I'm going through. I've had a really weird week. That song kind of delivered me in a sense. Um, I had a friend that responded that way to the, the title track, Paradise, and it just it really meant the world mm -hmm. to me. It, it, it did mean quite a lot. So um, I thank you for your kind words as well. I appreciate you for, for allowing me to, you know, kind of share my experience with it, because I feel like there's many times that we can be buried in our past self. And it's almost like we're in a tomb of our own skin at times. Like, that's what I feel um i've been in a lot of my own experiences and i feel like we if we don't learn how to 
evoke emotions authentically and if we're not able to actually share and say this is what I experience and to be real with you know sometimes you just have to use use instead of using my vernacular because I can use a lot of different words to say this is what but it's just like this is what, what you did for me and this is how I have chosen to respond moving forward because it, it can be a cathartic situation for so many people to listen to this and that can change their mood for that moment where they can then share it with someone else and paying that forward is something that's priceless and that's why I said that's why I love music today and music from years ago and where music is going and how it can change and shift I don't like everything out there but there's definitely a lot of music that I feel like man I'm inspired like even you know in this lyric that I never thought would touch me the way it did if when I played it back and I really listened to it I'm like wow that is what I received from this and that is what I think your music is going to do for, for people. Um, because like I said last night, that was great for me to go back and have a refresher of, hey, I only heard parts of this, but I want to hear it again. And I think it's kind of like when you look at something from a different lens, like, you know, a picture that someone looks at may think, oh, this is ugly. I don't like this. But it's like, no, it's just different. And I think our differences is what makes us special and unique. And I think that's where even there were certain parts in your music where I can tell like the tempo shifted to a certain extent or there was like the ooze that you had and the eyes that you had in, in, in your songs. And I was like, wow, this is something I like the way he did that. It, I use an example like the chorus part of Envelope. Like there was a part of that. I was like, wow, this is really cool. And then you talk about me. I'm, I'm better alone. And, you know, for some people, loneliness can be the hardest thing to understand but it's not about fully like being kind of sheltered but it's like I can actually be alone left to my own devices and still find myself and so for me I love to meditate get away from people for a short period of time recenter myself and then readjust and one statement I like to use a lot of time is to put people on airplane mode or do not disturb mode in my mind where I'm not focused on them but focused on me and then I decide when I get to turn it back on. And so I think if we don't start to learn to do those things, then we can be consumed by other people's energy, which then can cause us to react instead of being proactive. Mm. Uh, the do not disturb mode idea is interesting. Uh, do you Are you able to do that at work while someone's present? Or is it just sort of when you're you're by yourself, you're able to kind of siphon off the thought of what they said to and you or what they may have done to kind of pervade your mental space in an unwanted way for lack of a more nuanced way of saying that. Right. That's a great question. I think like when it relates to if it's with a client, like, so in my profession for a lot of you guys know, I work as a counselor. Of course, when I'm in that moment, um, I have to be aware and be attuned with what's going on. So I cannot be in do not disturb mode there. But definitely, if I'm working with someone specifically and there's things going on yeah, where sure. I realize that their energy and what they're giving off is causing me and my mind to feel as though I'm going to react or crawl out of my skin or whatever's going on, I have to say, hey, can you give me five minutes? Or, um, you know, let's address this. I don't have the energy at this moment to address this at this moment. Um, but also when you tell someone that you don't have the energy or the time at that, you actually make time later. And a lot of times with our calendars, we put everyone else on the calendar and we forget ourselves. And so my whole thing is, is if I don't have the energy and time 
for that, then I'm going to make time for my illness instead of my wellness. And I need to be aware that if I want to be in tune with myself and to actually give people good energy, then I have to know when to take breaks and when to actually be able to stand firm in my belief systems and actually stick to it, which can be one of the hardest things is actually when you tell someone something that you actually follow through. Um, because many times we, we can be disappointed or we allow our expectations to influence our decisions more than us actually being in the moment. So that for me, yeah, I definitely know how to tell someone this is what I need. And for anyone who knows me knows that I do stick to to that actual way of thinking because I don't want to be overwhelmed. Man, I, I guess you and I may have different uh, levels of what it takes to be overwhelmed. I think you were... Uh... You're, you seem to be very humble about um, about the extent to which you you know need need breaks and so forth and uh, maybe a pause from the demands of working life. But you were telling me last night over the phone that you have so you work eight to five at the hospital and then you recorded four of these podcast episodes uh, on Sunday. I, I think that's that's yes. tremendous. Yeah, um, but yes. yeah, so. So, um, what, what else? So when you sort of found, found the music, um, did you, did you kind of compare it to anybody else intuitively? Um, or like what, what made you sort of want to reach out uh, to me in particular? Cause I'd imagine as you're finding guests for the podcast, you have a whole lot of itinerary. I'm just sort of curious what stuck out, if anything. Absolutely. And I think what sticks out to me mostly, and for some guests, like I say, some people have reached out to me and some I have reached out to to say, hey, I would think you'd be a great fit to kind of show your story. But I listened to what you were sharing and seeing you sing on the intimate settings um, through Instagram and, and seeing that, hey, this is someone who has something, the grit in your voice and the way that your intonation and how you talk and how you share, you can hear that in, in talking with you last night. I could tell that that was genuinely who you were as a person, as a singer. And I think like, that's why it's so important for us to be able to connect on different levels outside of just the music and for people to really, as a whole, for us to be able to really make time for other people's experiences. And so for me, that was me reaching out. As I tell people, when I do talk to guests, I want to get to know the person beneath the career or underneath the surface. So that way, if it doesn't work and it's not going to be beneficial for not only myself, but for the guests, then that's okay. You know, it's no hard feelings. But I always say, like, when you really start listening to people in their careers, in their life, and what went into the lyrics or what actually is going into their personal life that they're using as motivation, what if it's an intrinsic or extrinsic motivator, that, to me, is powerful. And so I really, when I started to listen and then talking with you, I was like, this will be a great person to share his story. And it was more to your story that I didn't know. And I'm still learning. And I think that's a part of life. We, we learn through our experiences. And so I'm grateful I did reach out. And I'm grateful you, of course, are a part of this because you are sharing what people need to hear, especially during these times. Wow. Yeah, thank you. That's, that's very validating um, to what I do. Um, though, though the act of making music is way more um, kind of automatic. Like I don't make a conscious choice to practice or play. It's just 
life doesn't make too much sense without it. I just sort of get up and, you know, start going at it. My, even before I take a shower, uh, there may be something very wrong with that, but, uh, but that it also does, it also does mean a lot to have, you know, that external validation that the music is, is kind of touching someone else. We had mentioned also last night, though, that you and I are both people that have a propensity to um, to go down the rabbit hole into like four and five hour conversations, which I love. Um, but in order, like if there is a need to expedite the process, I know we did have a, a kind of list of questions. Is there anything else you you wanted to address? Absolutely. So one of them I really want to talk about is how can our listeners find you online? And then also, if you can tell us what's next in your musical career, what are some things you have coming up? So online, I have, I, I'm very sort of, I, I don't have too much, too many uh, social media accounts. I have a TikTok and an Instagram. The handle for both of them is Zach Alexander Music. Um, on Facebook, I've yet to actually make a Facebook artist page. I'm about to do that and, and put together a sort of promo package. Um, but TikTok is primarily just me playing uh, pop instrumental arrangements and having a sort of riff of the day, which I've only done one or two times. Um, and <laughs> and Instagram is more the same, as you saw. Um, you can listen to my EP Paradise on Apple Music, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, it may come up on your Pandora. It's technically uploaded there. Um, several other places. I think there's 20 music stores I sent it to uh, that have it. But the main three, of course, being you know I, iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify. Um, as far as what's next in my career, um, so right now I'm still very much intent on um, you know the the more practical side of you know playing wineries and venues. Uh, even restaurants and bars, places like this where I play very seasonally specific kinds of music, music that's specific to those demographics in order to make a living. And something I very much enjoy. It's a sort of a different side of the brain than the generative creative songwriting side, if you will. But so I'm, I'm sort of in the process of learning a lot of Christmas music, a lot of uh, music for this upcoming duo engagement. Um, playing wineries and all around North Georgia area with this woman named Monica Spears, very talented jazz singer. Um, that's been a, she's been singing out professionally for about 20, 21 years in this area. Um, and then I have, I have wow. plans in the future to, it may, it may be next spring or a little earlier to start recording a full length album that for now I plan to be acoustic primarily, but a lot more layered and um, probably a bit more dynamic and, and less less in that Jack Johnson, John Mayer kind of soft acoustic rock vein. But I'm not sure. I'm very much open to to wherever wherever I'm sort of led to whatever I'm sort of led to learn and pick up along the way. There's just been a lot of really unexpected kind of opportunities that that just pop up even the night of as I'm you know sitting at six o'clock in the evening practicing and someone will say, Hey, can you fill in right now? Here's the kind of music. I'm like, Oh wow. Okay, let's do it. And, and that's sort of for now for, for musicians that are in the position I'm in, that's sort of how we have to do it. And that's very exciting. But as far as, far as a longer term trajectory, 
you know, I do wish to put out a full length album, gain a lot more traction and then start playing some ticketed venues and arenas that, uh, not, not, a, not actual arenas at the moment. Um, that would be great. But, right. um, so where I can sort of go around and, and start selling tickets and, and sort of pack out maybe a place like Eddie's attic or something like this, something, something in line with the acoustic sensibilities of my music where I'm not just playing at a restaurant. Uh, I'm, I'm sort of playing to a group of people who are there for my sound, my music rather than brown eyed girl for the 1100th time nothing against wagon wheel <laughs> or, you know but uh you know I've, I've, i don't play it for my own health right and i get that and i <laughs> i love that you said that because a lot of you know musicians have their own starts and what it takes to get to where they want to be in their careers I'm just grateful that you allowed me to be a part of your start and I just want the best for you in your career. And I will be here, as I mentioned, if you're ready in any time in the future to either, if you want to play any new music when it comes or promote when the album is ready, please make sure you reach out to me and I would love to have you back on and share. Um, but you and I will definitely keep in touch and I'm just grateful to have you on black canvas for sure. Absolutely. Thank you. It's been a, it's been a pleasure. Uh, this is actually the first time I've ever been interviewed. Uh, other than, other than the time I was in an LSU football game and I had, you know, decked out over the top LSU apparel and I was interviewed by like a news company, but, uh, that was arbitrary and random and hilarious. Uh, but, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, interviewed in an intentional way. I really appreciate your effort. Um, as I remarked before, we could talk for hours. So, you know, hopefully, Hopefully I can, I can hop back on sometime soon and talk about s both music more generally and something that sort of maybe transcends both of our, our career trajectories, get into some other, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe not, maybe not philosophy. Uh, that's what I, I studied in college. It might be a bit of a rabbit hole and um, all the listeners would tune off immediately, but um yeah, we can find something interesting to talk about and discuss for sure. So if you'd be willing to have me back on, man, I'd, I'd love to. Absolutely. I want you back on for sure, because I, I always say there's room for all of us to learn. And each time that you go through your experiences, you'll be able to train us on how we can actually grow with you. And like I said, cultivating relationships are important, and especially as a musician and as a person, but in your musical career, the more you can talk and share and listen and actively um, work on things with others and building that, that rapport and that relationship, people are going to follow you and they're going to really be, you know, intrigued at what's next for you. Like I have been. So we not only appreciate you being a part of black canvas, but thank you for opening your heart and giving us your time to talk. And we would definitely have you back soon. Thank you. Can I say one Absolutely. more thing? So we had talked about, uh, you, you had mentioned, and we were sort of discussing possible questions at one point. You had, you had, you had broached the topic of if you could give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that be? And I would extend that out to any younger musicians who are in my position or uh, perhaps one musicians that are looking to start playing music for a living is to maybe not to give up the grandiosity of one's dreams, but to be really satisfied with the gradual progress that you make. Cause it's often in most cases, extremely gradual. 
if you send out several emails and you get hired for a gig and they accept you and you, you go play and it goes well, give yourself credit for that. That that's a win. That's something you should be proud of. And, um, just to be able to make money doing what you love, just, you know, to be overly simplistic about it is an immense blessing. So even to just put the target a little lower and to, to the point where, you know, you can meet that goal. Um, it's, it's something that certainly helped me. I had a fear of failure and a sort of perfectionistic complex that kind of paralyzed me a lot when I was a lot younger. And it's why it's the very reason I wasn't able to do what I'm doing now. And, um, so I would just encourage people to just lower the bar temporarily a bit and, and really be pleased with how gradual the process can be. And that way you can sort of love where you're at. Well, we thank you so much, Zach, for being a part of Black Canvas. And let's remember you guys to embrace our uniqueness because the world is our canvas. Well, thank you so much, Zach, for being a part of the show. And I will definitely have you back soon. Thank you. Thank you. Talk talk to you soon. soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you.